Welcome to the latest edition of our Fixed Interest podcast series. I'm Thomas Rookmaker, Head of Asia-Pacific Sovereign Ratings. Today, I'm joined by Toby Isles, Head of Middle East and Africa Sovereign Ratings. We'll be discussing the impact of high crude oil revenues on fiscal policy and sovereign credit profiles in the Gulf. So, Toby... With oil prices this year at levels not seen since 2014, what has been the impact on budget outturns in the GCC and how would you characterize the policy reaction of governments there? Budget results in the first half are unsurprisingly positive, given budgeted oil prices were $60 per barrel or below and oil production has mostly been higher than expected. Surpluses have been recorded across the region, ranging from close to balance in Bahrain, 4% of GDP in Oman, 7% of GDP in Saudi Arabia, and the low double digits in Qatar. Kuwait, Abu Dhabi, and consolidated UAE would also have, have seen surpluses. This marks a sharp swing following a period of deficits and rising debt since 2015. Now, in terms of the spending reaction to this uh, windfall, there has indeed been some fiscal loosening, but it has been fairly contained so far, including in countries with medium-term fiscal balance programs. The spending growth we have seen is, in some sense, not sticky. For example, in Oman, spending increased by 9% year-on-year in the first half, but the wages line was up by just 2% below the rate of inflation. It is Nonetheless, a somewhat mixed picture is the outlook for subsidy reform has become slower and spending has partly been driven higher um, alongside CapEx by fuel subsidies, which come in above a certain oil price. That also means they go away below a certain oil price um, and so need not be a sort of permanent feature of the budget. In Saudi Arabia, uh, spending's up by 10% year-on-year against a budget that somewhat aggressively targeted a decline. Again, the wage line um, is contained up 2.2% year-on-year. Instead, spending's been driven by goods and services and by capex. It should also be noted the VAT rate of 15%, which was hiked um, during more straitened times in COVID, has been retained thus far. Finally, um, in Bahrain, central budget spending has been contained at 2%, staying within budget, allowing for a small surplus. Um, However, including extra budgetary spending, um, which there is not published data on that, but we include it in our measure, um, the budget deficit would be there um, rather than a surplus. So just to sum up, I mean, the above is in line with our view expressed uh, as oil prices were climbing last year, that fiscal policy in the GCC would remain more anchored to medium-term plans than it has been in the past, given the desire of governments to make budgets more resilient to lower oil prices. We think that policy is underpinned by the sort of painful volatility of oil prices since 2014, and and also sort of long-term risks to global hydrocarbon demand, um, given desires for energy transition. So with the region set to return uh, to significant budget surpluses this year and in 2023, how are governments managing the oil windfall? How will these surpluses be used? Indeed, we forecast substantial budget surpluses in 2022, um, with the exception of Bahrain, where we still have a deficit. And in 2023, we have surpluses persisting across the region, um, apart from again in Bahrain, but these would be smaller um, as we're assuming oil prices fall to $85 a barrel 
versus $100 a barrel this year. So in Oman, they've taken this opportunity to reduce debt and interest costs um, by prepaying some debt obligations, buying back some bonds, and repaying um, maturities of, of a large including a large syndicated loan to Chinese institutions rather than rolling it over. I mean, Oman, looking forward to, to the rest of this year, next year, Oman could engage in further liability management exercises, but the focus might turn more to building up um, fiscal buffers. In Saudi Arabia, the focus will not be on reducing the nominal level of, of debt which is in any case low, despite rising in, in recent years. In, instead, the focus will be on how to apportion the surplus between accumulating deposits, which would improve net government debt, and making transfers to the Public Investment Fund and National Development Fund. This is hard to track, uh, although we do expect transfers to be higher than deposit accumulation. Similarly, in, in the AA category-rated GC sovereigns, the surpluses will lead to transfers to sovereign wealth funds or other state entities and so would feed through to accumulation of foreign assets and investments locally. Um, maybe one footnote is that in Kuwait the oil price has taken the pressure off passing a debt law, um, enacting any reform, but this will remain an issue um, in the future if as and when oil prices moderate and Kuwait will be less prepared for that eventuality. And just a final point that some money is also being deployed strategically by the GCC to support allies in financial need, notably but not only Egypt, where actual inflows from the GCC have totaled above 16 billion so far this year with pledges of more to come. So what impact does all this have on Fitch's sovereign rating assessments in the GCC? So last year, we stabilised the negative outlooks on Oman and Saudi Arabia. So far this year, we've upgraded Oman to double B and changed Saudi Arabia's outlook to positive. Other ratings and outlooks have, have not yet improved, with the exception of Ras um, where there's a positive outlook, but that is not related to oil at all. So the rating actions for Oman and Saudi Arabia have been driven both by oil dynamics and reform efforts, and this kind of exemplifies Fitch's approach. The current oil price environment has clearly been positive across a range of sovereign credit metrics. At the same time, though, just as Fitch seeks to rate through economic cycles, we also do not want our ratings for commodity-dependent sovereigns to be too volatile with commodity prices. Furthermore, our forecast assumptions are for oil prices to trend down, um, so $85 a barrel in 2023, as mentioned, and then lower to an average of $65 a barrel in 2024. This is a significant drop, given that a $10 per barrel change in oil can impact budgets by 25 to 6.5% of GDP across the GCC. So our ratings reflect an assessment of how these sovereigns will perform with lower oil prices again. For example, in, in 2024, we expect fiscal break-even oil prices to be around this level for Oman and Saudi Arabia, and this does assume further reform comes in. For the higher-rated sovereigns in the AA category, there is less headroom for moving higher on the basis of oil prices, given that we already factor in their exceptionally strong sovereign balance sheets. Instead, there would need, for example, to be more structural progress in terms of economic diversification 
or governance, um, two factors in fact which are key rating challenges across the region at, at all rating levels. Well, thanks for your insights, Toby, and thank you all for listening. For more information on our ratings and on our research on GCC sovereigns, please visit us at FitchRatings.com. We hope you will join us for the next edition of Fixed Interests.